rollerblading, skating, skateboarding, whatever you want to do, any type of physical activity sport, you have an obstacle, right? And you have to like visualize that you're going to do something. This is like life. Like you got to believe that you can do it and do it. Welcome to the B-Rad Podcast. What's up, y'all? Brad Watanabe back here for the B-Rad Podcast, and today we got my boy, Philip Limon, in the house. We're going to be talking about all kinds of fun things from YouTube to burnout and all kinds of other video-related things. Um, probably even throw in a little bit of Gary V and entrepreneurship in there just for all of you Gary V fans. Uh, without further ado, let's get into the show. Philip. I've known you for a little while. It's awesome to have you finally come check out the studio, yeah. see what's going on here. Uh, you've been having a lot going on lately uh, on the interwebs, on YouTube, all those fun places. For some of our friends out there, um, tell us a little bit about what you do. So basically, I guess I'm a business owner. Um, I own a video production company called Supreme Video Productions. Uh, we specialize in weddings, but um, I kind of film pretty much anything, anything that needs uh, video. I'll shoot it, you know, uh, anything legal. <laughs> and um, kind of a one-man band. I mean, I have a, I use contracts and that sort of thing. But yeah, mainly just video production and all that stuff. And I've been doing that for uh, more than half of my life. Wow. Yeah. Wow. How, how did you get started with a video camera? So full life story yep. in like two minutes. Let's, let's see if we can let's knock it out. Do it. So uh, born and raised uh, Fairfield, California. Uh, my father was in the Air Force and we got stationed to Hickam in 1995 okay so we moved here in 95 and when we moved here my dad bought a new camera hmm. because he wanted to film all of like our new life here and a vacation all that and after he bought his new camera he kind of like passed me down the old vhs camera um he upgraded to i think hi8 or mini i don't even think mini dv mini dv it was hi8 yep and uh yeah so he gave me the old vhs and um I got into rollerblading actually around that same time, uh, like on ramps and you know, that sort of thing. And I would bring my camera out and I would film a skating. And from there, I learned how to kind of shoot in camera editing, you know, like re rewind the clip back to where we want and then film the next clip and that sort of thing. And then I started to edit on VCRs where I could figure out like, oh, I can hook the camera up to the VCR and I can just record like what I want, you know, on that track you know like yep. basically linear editing basically right and then um yeah we uh lived here i went to um hickam elementary went to radford uh aliamano in radford and then we moved back to california and um i started a retail job at a mall and one day i went into uh best buy and i bought one of those little mini dv cameras and started shooting uh house parties and yeah just like crazy like fights and whatever <laughs> like high school stuff like yeah. house parties fights and and i think i was editing on vegas and you know just putting stuff together and people were liking the videos and they would like invite me to their parties to like film partying and then um my friend at the time was uh like a club promoter mm -hmm. and we had a dj friend and we were all in the kind of the hip-hop scene and he would uh throw these club events he was like hey can you make like myspace flyer like video flyers basically to promote yeah. yeah to promote these uh events that we're doing so i would shoot club events and um 
I remember at the time, this was uh, a little after high school, um, I was begging my mom for like a new camera. Like mm -hmm. I wanted to get like a professional camera, like the GL2 was like yep. the camera at the time. And um, I was still skating and um, I wanted to make like cool skate videos and I begged her and I begged her and begged her. And I, I look back at it now and I just can't believe that she bought me the camera. Like mm -hmm. that camera's like three, $4,000, you know? That's so much money for like back in 2000 and like even now, like mm -hmm. that's still a lot of money. And she like went out and bought it. I think I just showed her like my demo reel or whatever. Yeah. Like, look what I'm doing. And like this camera would make it so much professional. I can get more like real gigs. People will take me more seriously. And she like invested in me. And I, 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 I still can't believe that she bought it. But I remember I was filming skating and we were at a skate park. And just one random day there was like all these professional skaters that were there that day hmm. and they were filming skating and um, one of the guys, he saw that I had the camera and he was like, hey, do you want to like come shoot with us? And I was like, like first of all, it's like an idol of mine. I looked up these people and I was mm -hmm. like, dude, I would love to. And he's like, um, uh, we actually, I thought he meant skating. Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, actually we, we shoot weddings for a living. Like we no don't make way. it. Yeah. We don't make any money. Like yeah. rollerblading. There's no rollerblade. Like, rollerblading died like yeah. after like the nineties. Right. But they're still into it. And it was kind of like an underground thing, but they got all their money through like weddings. And he was like a really amazing wedding cinematographer. Uh, mm -hmm. one of the best in the Bay area. His name is Vinnie Minton. And, uh, Anyways, uh, he put me on and I remember he was like, you know, you'll be like our third shooter. I think we can only a budget like $25 an hour. And I was like 25, like I yeah. was working retail, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I would have done this stuff for free. Yeah. So he gained me up. He taught me everything I knew at the time. And, um, I kind of really got into the wedding industry. And then at the time I was also coming back to Hawaii, like every other year to visit my friends that I made friends with back when I was here in middle school and high school. And one day I just decided to make the jump in 2009. I was like, you know what? I think I want to move to Hawaii and finish my degree over there for business and maybe do the, maybe do the video thing out there too. Uh, we'll see how it goes, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, I had a few weddings of my, of my own under my belt. And then I moved to Hawaii and little did I know that Hawaii was like wedding capital of the world, you know? Yeah. And at the time there wasn't really a lot of people that were doing like the style that I had. Um, I think the only, the people that I really looked up to were like Aria Studios, like Colby and um, Fisheye Studio was another one. I don't know if you know Josh, mm -hmm. but there wasn't very many companies that were like making like storytelling style, like wedding films. Yeah. They're mostly like music videos and that sort of thing. So I came in here with kind of like that style and that sort of thing and um, got put on and with another company, uh, Julian Tenth Leather Media, I, he picked me up as his second shooter. This is my first year in Hawaii. And um, I was able to quit my job, go full-time video in the first year I lived here, just working as a second shooter because he was booked like eight weddings a month, paying me like 500 bucks a wedding sometimes, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was just renting a room. I was like, dude, I was making the most money I've ever made in my life. Yeah. Living in Hawaii, it was like living the dream. It was crazy. And um, a few years in, I decided to, uh, well, right when I got in, I, I tried to make my own company. I started Supreme Wedding Video, uh, Supreme Video Productions. And um, yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. And I've been just doing mostly weddings full-time for about the past 10 years now. It's a pretty amazing, amazing storyline. I mean, a lot of, a lot of people my age, your age seem to have a similar coming up story, whether it's surfing or skateboarding or B-boys, like we're in doing things that we love doing 
and just so happened to be the one that brought a camera along. Yeah. And, and photography was big even when I was in high school. Um, so I was in a dark room all the time, mm-hmm. but when I was with my boys skateboarding, I, I was always the guy taking the photos. Mm. And so as much as I loved actually being on a board, I enjoyed being behind the camera a little bit more. Yeah. And, and that seems to be a lot of people's story. Yeah. What's crazy. It was like always my dream to be in a rollerblading video, you know, like mm-hmm. I wanted to be in the video. I wanted yep. to be that. Right. And now like I'm making them, yeah. you know what I mean? It's crazy. It's like, it's almost like better than being in it. It's like I created it, you yeah. know what I mean? And I'm highlighting other people too, you know, and it's kind of cool. Sure. My last vacation in Hawaii, 2009. I went back home and I had to go straight to work. I like landed, had to go straight to work. I couldn't even like go home to like freshen up or anything. I, I, I like really stretched my time and I couldn't get any more time off. Mm-hmm. Right when I got back, it was like three phones got stolen from display and I had to like deal with all this stuff. And I was just so like depressed. I was like, dude, I hate like living here. I hate like dealing with this stuff. And I was able to look on the computer like what if like other branches were hiring and I saw the Alamoana branch was hiring. Hmm. a whole staff and I was like dude I'm gonna try and put in a transfer if it ha- let's just see what happens yeah. and um I guess some fraud went down within the within the like company yeah they fired everyone they got rid of everyone wow. so they were just borrowing people from other branches to fill it until they could fill the positions and they were they did an over the phone interview they're like yep you got the job at the time I was like a lead um like a little bit below um like a manager role or whatever and uh they were like, we don't have a lead, we got the lead position filled, but we can give you a sales position and just give you the same pay, right? And I was mm-hmm. like, dude, I'll take it. And they're like, okay, but we need you to be here in three weeks. So in three weeks, I had to like sell everything I owned, buy bought a one-way ticket, and I moved here. And then um, the crazy part of the story is the month that I moved here, New Year's Day, I got in a fight. Hmm. And um, I ended up getting, my jaw got broken. I got my mouth wired shut. So I couldn't talk for like eight weeks. I had to like eat my food through a straw. And um, in that time though, that's right when the 5D was like mm. the new camera. And I was still on like a DVX at the time. And um, the A7 or the 7D was coming out. Mm-hmm. And um, Cinema 5D was like a new blog or whatever. So that mm-hmm. whole time that I w- I couldn't work because my mouth was wired shut. I couldn't sell a phone, right? But um, I was lucky enough to, when it came down to getting your uh, benefits, mm-hmm. I put like my um, paid time off or whatever. I like maxed everything out. So I was getting paid like 90% of my paycheck, mm-hmm. even though I wasn't working. And I took that time to like research uh, cameras, research, but I didn't even have my business set up or whatever. I was able to like create my business. I was able to create a business plan and I was able to get a loan to get my first DSLR and all my audio gear. Mm. And um, that's how like everything actually really started. I was living on my friend's couch, uh, four people in a two bedroom apartment, sleeping on someone's couch. And uh, that's like what really blows me away is um, coming up from like that to now it's just so crazy to see like I don't know I don't know I can't believe it like I'm here right now it's it's like an honor to even just be here in this room like sitting with you and like talking about this stuff and just seeing like all the people that were here before too it's like I I don't even know what I'm doing here (laughs) dude you you've you've made an awesome um awesome brand for yourself with supreme you've been doing some amazing wedding stuff for for a while now and i mean there 
I, I think one of the telltale signs of a good a good operator is if you last more than three years. I mean, I think generally speaking, they say most small businesses fold within the first year. If you're good, you'll last three. Most are like, what is it, 80, 90% are done by year five. Yeah. So you've been around for 10 years, still going strong. Yeah, barely. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's a gigantic testament to not just your work ethic, not just the quality <clears throat> of things you do, but the consistency of just showing up every single day, making every day better than the last. I mean, thanks. Man. you don't get to 10 years without something special. So you're, you're, you're killing it, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a process. <laughs> um, but, but let's, let's talk a little bit about weddings. Um, okay. weddings in general are tough. I mean, every week you're, you don't have weekends. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, that wrecks maybe some of your personal life. For sure. Um, you're constantly making new, fresh things. Um, so you have to come up with ideas every single week. I mean, creative, creative directors at big agencies don't do that. And you're having to reinvent almost every single weekend something that you just did the previous week and mm -hmm. keeping that not just fresh for an audience because they haven't seen that couple get married before, but keeping it fresh for yourself. Mm -hmm. So I think weddings are actually one of the most difficult things to stay in business for, for a long period of time. How, how have you seen, um, just the trajectory of your business, the, the changes of technology and, and all of that kind of walk you through the last 10 years? Like what, what's been your maturation process? So the wedding industry, it's very unique. Um, I think the most unique thing about the wedding industry is that the clientele, um, it's a one-time client. It's not a return client. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you shoot, I mean, they could be a return client, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Like you're not getting repeat customers. Yeah. You shoot their wedding once, then they move on. Right. Specifically video. I think photo might have a better chance of like, Oh, now you got, you, you can catch them before the wedding with an engagement shoot. You can shoot their wedding. Then they have a kid. Yep. You know what I mean? All those sort of things. You can do their maternity and graduation. First birth, yeah. Yep. Right. Video. It's very just like we shoot your wedding. That's it. Maybe we can do a love story. Maybe we can do whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. But so you're constantly having to figure out how to market to a new customer every, you know, yep. time, right? Resell, re-whatever. Yep. I think the other thing too, the wedding industry, especially video specifically, it's a really bad rap. You know what I mean? I feel like that's not real storytelling. That's not real um, video production. You know, that's not whatever. But I feel like weddings has taught me so much about everything that I shoot now, you know, because if you think about it, you're shooting like exterior landscapes of like these locations mm -hmm. and you're shooting hotels, um, you know, that sort of thing. Um, you're shooting uh, detail shots. So you're shooting products now, right? You're shooting shoes, you're shooting dresses, you're shooting rings, you know, that sort of thing. So you're learning how to shoot products, how to light products and shoot that. Uh, portraits, you're, you're working with people, you're shooting, uh, you know, couples engaging, you're, you're directing them at the same time. Um, you're shooting, um, working with lighting. You're like a one man band sometimes too, right? And I think all of that is one thing. The other thing too is you have like zero control. Mm. Right. Yeah. You go in, you can't, if someone's walking down the aisle and your card dies or something like that, or, you know, your, your card runs out of memory or whatever, you can't just like, stop, let's yeah. do that again. Let's try that again. Yeah. You're like, you don't really have like control like that with weddings. So I feel like, you know, we get such a bad rap as an industry, uh, video wise. But if you think about it, it's like almost like, like you said, it's, it's pretty tough, you mm -hmm. know? And over the years, I think, um, 
my style i i think it just comes down to like we we had a style that we liked and we kind of just stuck with that um there's so many different companies out there that offer different styles and different price points and that sort of thing and mm -hmm. um my style was definitely kind of just like that cinematic storytelling storytelling is storytelling is just such a, like a buzzword anyways right but mm -hmm. like genuinely trying to tell stories about these couples and um make every video different mm -hmm. and um so in the beginning we were really trying to focus on you know making every video unique and every video it's different so using a different song all the time you know all these things and it was hard just to kind of like reinvent that and um i think my first year i booked like eight weddings and then um with those weddings we were able to make some great demos i joined the wedding cafe at the time it was like this um huge like vendor hub of like yeah. to help market uh wedding vendors and after that I, I went from eight weddings to 48 weddings wow and then the next year i did like 50 weddings and yeah. the next year after that it was like always in the 40s or 50s and that's when things really took a shift for me as a business because i didn't i wasn't a business owner i was just someone that liked to shoot video and like to edit video yeah. and I learned I had to learn how to like systemize and I had to learn how to like you know I was reinventing the wheel with every couple like creating contracts and all this I didn't know any of that stuff and bookkeeping and taxes and I'm still dealing with tax stuff you know and um, I think that's like my fourth year and that's when things kind of like I started realizing that I'm not doing what I love anymore hmm. you know what I mean like now I'm just trying to keep my head above water I got this huge backlog of edits and um I'm just like drowning in like work it's like I'm making the most money I've ever made in my life and on the outside everything was great but I was just like drowning I was just like turning in like weddings late you know what I mean mm, like and yeah. that's when it started like getting really bad and then yeah. um Andrew I met Andrew um at powwow actually through Mikey hmm. and um Andrew came in. He was one of my second shooters. We grew a lot. We we went to some. I flew us out to some wedding educational things, and we redeveloped our style and everything. And he connected me with some solid people that um, I ended up putting on as my editors. This girl, uh, Shanika, Maurice, and uh, Zarina. She they like really. I taught them everything I knew about editing and created like a, a system, and they kind of just took all my backlog and they like cleared it all out. Hmm. And then. Um, that's again when another shift happened where I realized that like if I want to maintain this volume I need to start systemizing and almost going cookie cutter which is something I've always been against you know what mm -hmm. I mean like everything has to be different everything has to be unique and focus on these couples and then that's when I realized like well if I want to do this volume I need to create some sort of system and, and kind of cookie cutter the wedding mm -hmm. and then that's when I started realizing like I'm not even doing what I, I'm not even being creative anymore. I'm showing up and I'm just shooting mm. and I'm just like doing the same thing over and over and over again. You gave yourself a job. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, after like five or six years of that, I was just kind of over it, you know? And then I was like, you know, I just want to get out of weddings completely. And I just wanted to find my way out. Mm. But it's kind of a double-edged sword because it's like you book them a year from now because you need the deposit and then you like have to show up a year from now and shoot it. And the way my brand was positioned, it was me. I'm the, I'm the guy, right? So when they book me, they want me. And it's I can't send a team out. And um, I never really wanted to have a team. I mean, I don't want to, how can I say this? 
I don't like being like a boss or a manager. I don't like, I don't like any, I just like shooting and editing video. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's all I love doing. And I didn't want to have this crew that I had to like keep feeding weddings and, you know, like, um, like Colby, like she's a business boss, you know, and she's like able to book and she, that's what she loves. You know what I mean? She loves the sales. She loves the, uh, you know, the client interaction and mm-hmm. she likes building people up. That's what she's so good at. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm not, and I, that's not what I want to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And just after a while I realized it's not what I want to do, but I know how to do it. I'm com- I don't like, I can go into the wedding. I'm not nervous at all. I know this, I know it in and out. I can, you know, so I, I just continue to do weddings. And I guess ultimately what I did is I, um, well, actually the industry was changing too. uh, gear was being a lot more readily available. It was a lot cheaper, you know, and I'm sure you probably felt this too. Like, so all these new up and comers are coming in with a lower price points. You know what I mean? They don't know anything about business too. They don't realize that, you know, mm-hmm. you, you got to pay for these things. So they're coming in really cheap. And now my prices are higher because I understood I got to pay people to edit. I got to pay people to shoot, you know? And, um, so now I'm like having to like compete now with these younger mm-hmm. people that are going in for cheaper. And, um, yeah, so I, uh, I took a step back. I stopped booking for a little bit and then I kind of took a little vacation, um, still shooting, but then I realized I needed to reassess like what I wanted to do. And so I, I decided to just book less. Uh, so I limit myself to about 20 weddings a year now and I just kind of like raise my prices and it's kind of like that. I found that that's like where I'm at, where like I can shoot, still be happy. I can shoot them differently. I can focus on the couple, not on the wedding and I can make films that I'm happy with, you know what I mean? Not ones that I'm just trying to get out to get, get it done and get to the next project, you know? Yeah, burnout's a problem. Um, It's a huge problem in the creative industry altogether. Uh, And part of, I think, why people burn out so fast, so hard, is because you have to put a thousand percent into everything you do when you first get started. So just like, you know, you're running a marathon, you you hit the block, you sprint, Mm -hmm. and you just, you die because you just go too hard too fast. And if, if you don't consider the marathon nature of what we do it's it's easy to to get fatigued pretty quickly if you don't if you're not careful with yourself so um i know it shows itself in, in my not just my performance but even my home life like burnout affects kind of your entire persona because you you're so fatigued at work you don't have any kind of energy or or desire to be present when you get home and, and that's like my wife can tell when I'm not happy at work or when I feel like I'm just going through motions and, and feel like that pace is just overtaking me creatively, emotionally, spiritually or whatever that is. And one of the places that or one of the industries that we see it a lot in is weddings. Yeah, 100 percent. Because the quantity is so high. The pressure every weekend is really high. Like there's never a day where it's not important yeah i think um yeah you hit the nail on the head i I didn't even realize that like how much it affected my my relationship with my ex-girlfriend at the time like i was never present you know what i mean even if we were sitting across from each other i was always thinking about oh i gotta do this or i got this coming up or you know like that and i'm still like that now but i'm a lot like 
better at it because I have better balance. But at the time, my balance was just so off, you know. Mm. What was what was the point for you where your let's just call it burnout, like reached its max, and you're just like, I have to figure out how to how to manage this better, or else. I can't do this. And you kind of spoke about it a little bit, but what were some of that turning points for you and how did you solve that problem? I didn't realize it at the time that it was a turning point for me until now looking back at it. But I was really, so I was making a ton of money and I was doing really good, but I was like not happy. And the way I was like trying to find happiness was just by like spending all my money, just like blowing it like on dumb stuff. And then also like just going out and partying, like every weekend I would just go out and drink, you know what I mean? I would like buy bottles because I had the money and then I just wanted people to hang out and I just mm-hmm. would just blow all my money on alcohol and just like really just went to a really dark place where I didn't even realize I was in there, you know? And mm-hmm. I was just like, um, just borderline like depressed and, um, I remember there was just this one time where I was just like at home on my couch, just like hungover and just not feeling great. And then I just remember thinking like at the time I didn't like even believe in God or anything. And I was just like, if there's really a God, like, um, I would like cry. Um, if you're really out there, you know, like get me out of this funk, you know what I mean? Like if this, you're, if this, you're, if you're real, you know, whatever, get me out of this funk, you know? And, um, yeah. Uh, that's the time that I like really remember, like something was going on and something was wrong, you know? And I had everything. I had a great job. I had the money. I had all that, but I wasn't like inside. I wasn't like, mm-hmm. I felt empty, you know? And, um, I don't know that that was like one of the biggest turning points. And I think my faith changed at that time too. Hmm. And it made me, uh, even that actually triggered a whole new me too, in a sense of like video, Hmm. like what's my purpose for video? Hmm. Is it to just film weddings? You know what I mean? Am I, am I supposed to just be here to like shoot weddings and that's my jam or like, is there something bigger than that? You know? Hmm. And then that's when I realized I was like, I should be doing video. I should be using the talents that I was given and developed that I'm passionate about to like help people, Hmm. like either help people, small business, a nonprofit, help, um, an artist that's like needs just some exposure that I Hmm. really believe is like doing something great that just doesn't have that, like, you know what I mean? Exposure that they need, Mm -hmm. um, helping the, um, a nonprofit, like get a message across, um, helping the world, you know what I mean? And then that's when just everything switched. And I was like, you know what? Like I should be doing something. I should be making videos that help people. Mm-hmm. And that was like three years ago, I think, or four years ago when I was just like, Oh, I'm going to switch gears now. Mm-hmm. And everything changed. Wow. That's powerful. I mean, King Solomon was clothed better than any other human alive. Right. And we, we hear it all the time, people like Britney Spears, people who have what what seems like the world in their hands can't find happiness because they're looking for it in the wrong places. And I mean, that's, that's true. I mean, stuff can become a, a huge part of our life narrative without us even realizing it. Mm-hmm. And it becomes our chief end, our goal. But man, it's, it's pretty bankrupt. Yeah, for sure. 
So, man, that's that's powerful. Thank you for yeah, sharing that. Sorry, don't put, no. the, don't put the crying on there. I was going to ask, like, can I say bad words and can I cry? Because both of those things are probably going to happen. <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, with with that, I mean, some sometimes we hit, you know, peaks and then other times we hit valleys. But it's it's in some of those extremes that we actually find. Our, our true north. We actually find where we're going, what we're doing, what we're meant to do. And it's awesome that you found that. So what for you after coming out of that funk, after some of this, this pivotal, you know, life changing uh, moments for you, what, what, what did that look like for you? How, how did that change? I mean, I know that there was a, a mental, philosophical, spiritual change in you, mm-hmm. but what what now was your creative motive and how did you how did you start working with those people who you now wanted to work with and people who you wanted to help how did your video storytelling even change in in that got it yeah so um i think the big shift in my thing was definitely a mental shift um I was always pretty optimistic, but then I started just reading a lot more books. I just really dove into a lot of like, um, self-help books and that sort of thing, just on like, um, financial, you know what I mean? And like a uh, business, like super good business books and understanding business and all that and creating systems. And, um, it, I, I started, uh, just, uh, trying to change my health too. I, I really believe that, you know, the things that you consume affect the way that you, uh, your mind, you know? So I changed a lot of those things and, um, and I shift gears in a sense of, you know, I only have so much time in a year. I only have so much time in a month or in a, even in a week in a day, mm-hmm. I can only take on so much, you know what I mean? So if I'm going to do something, I need to have some like intent behind it. And it does it align with, you know, my true North is this going in the direction that I want to do. You know, um, I join, I genuinely enjoy shooting weddings. I love it. You know what I mean? I, I love doing it. Um, it's the business side of it that I don't love. So I found out, you know, I should, I should find someone to run my business and I'll just focus on the stuff I enjoy doing, you know? And, um, the more time went on, the more I realized I should just do more stuff that I like to do. Hmm. You know what I mean? The stuff that I find fun. And once I started doing that, everything was just back to like, I can be creative again and I can have fun and I can shoot. And I love, I love doing what I do. And now I'm just doing what I love, you know? And then I started really trying to reach out to people that I truly believed in that I thought were on the same like vibe or the same value system as me and and their goals with what they're trying to reach. And I wanted to see if I could help them with my video. And it was almost like a tube thing because I wanted to kind of shift into commercial work, Mm -hmm. but more specifically like storytelling commercial work, like interview B-roll. You know what I mean? With like a, uh, a takeaway at the end to like mm-hmm. a call to action or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I was like, Oh, that can kind of work with, you know, these artists that I'm working with or, you know, these people. And, um, so I kind of went that direction and then, um, I was trying to go that route for a little bit. And then it started realizing that <laughs> I feel like my stuff's changing every week, but I started realizing that I don't really want to do commercial work either. Mm. Um, I don't like the whole back end of it, the sale process, the, the, the pitching and the, uh, you know what I mean? Like all the stuff that you do that I don't even know what to do, I, that I ask you for help with. Right. I don't know any of that stuff and I don't like trying to figure it out. I spend more time trying to figure that out just, to, just to get turned down on a gig. You know what I mean? Then it's like, I could have just went and did something else, you know? Hmm. And then I just realized it, it, 
there's just, you have less control in those situations too. You know, you got to really fit to that brand. You got to fit to, um, their message. You, you almost, you don't really get as much creative creativity as I thought you would. And, um, and it just kind of, I just shifted gears again and I was just, um, trying to figure out what do I really want to do and how can I do it? I think the big shift for me though, that like four years ago, I realized that I owned a job. I don't own a business. Technically I do, but I own a job. If I want money, I have to physically work. Right. And I was like, how can I make money and not physically have to work? So I started looking into like, how can I create a system? You know, what can I do that can, I can just do once or whatever. And it, it starts making money. And that's when I started looking into like affiliate marketing mm -hmm. and I was like, Oh, maybe I'll do a blog or something mm -hmm. like that. But I hate writing. I, I'm a terrible writer. I, uh, if you see any of my posts on social media, there's always a miss. There's like a, something's wrong with the spelling. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, and I, I was just like, no, but then I was like, Oh, but I can make like video content, YouTube. Why didn't I think of this the whole time? Like it's right there. It's it's all, and I can do whatever I want. I have full control. You know what I mean? I can make anything I want mm -hmm. aligned with what I want to do. I can, and I'm helping people. Mm -hmm. I'm, uh, and I get more reach. You know, like I can make this one project for this one brand that they're gonna just post on Instagram, and it'll be gone in 24 hours. Right? I put in all that time. It's kind of sad. Mm -hmm. Or I can make this content that I own for my brand that. I believe in that is helping people that's all across the world, you know, and that's when I really started shifting gears, uh, and wanting to do more of that stuff. Hmm. Yeah. YouTube has been there for a little while and only in the last maybe two to three years have we even really taken it seriously. Um, and a lot of our clients still don't really consider YouTube as a way to possibly generate income. Um, you've actually made the switch into YouTube pretty hard this year. I mean, if it's only, it's only been a couple months into the year, but you're going pretty hard at it. Tell me a little bit about the process for you starting up a couple of these channels that you've got going on mm -hmm. now. Tell me what you do on them and, and how, how this whole evolution for you of YouTube came about. So it began, I want to say two years ago. It, well, it was three years ago when I looked into it. Two years ago is when I started making content specifically like January. I was like... January, I'm going to start making videos, right? Yep. I made like three videos on cooking. I made two channels. One was like a cooking channel, just my personal brand. It was mm -hmm. just like, I like cooking. I was shooting it already. I was making that stuff. And um, I was like, oh, I'll make a few cooking videos. And then another brand was like a wedding education channel called the Hawaii Wedding Network. Mm -hmm. And that really was more so, I had these same conversations with couples all the time, every time we book. And I was like, you know, I'm just gonna make a video of it. And it's like, hey, watch the video. Like mm -hmm. things to consider when getting ready. Yep. You know what I mean? Clean a room, uh, get ready natural light, whatever, right? And just these videos that I'm constantly having to go over. And I was like, oh, just be easy to send these out. And maybe that'll help other people too. Maybe other vendors can use this to help educate their couples too, right? Mm -hmm. So I went hard for like, one month, I shot a ton of content in January, two years ago. And then wedding season rolled around, you know, after I edited and put it on, I just got busy and I was like, ah, whatever. I didn't see any growth or anything. So I was like, whatever, I'm just not going to, uh, I'll, I'll get back on it, whatever. And then I didn't even think about it. And then towards like September of that year, I was doing my bookkeeping or whatever. And, and I was doing my budgeting 
and I looked in my account and I saw like a deposit from Amazon for like $30 or something. And I was like, what is, I don't remember returning something. You know what I mean? Like, what did I buy on Amazon? I don't remember returning that. And then I looked and I was like, it's from my like Amazon affiliate. Like I was making money from Amazon and from these three videos that I made. And then I looked at my YouTube and I was like, this video has like 30,000 views. It's my Lumpia video, like how to make Lumpia, right? I remember that one. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm almost at a thousand subscribers. Like, dude, this thing is like, it's working. Like this is, I'm actually making money off YouTube. And I was like, if I can just scale that, you know, like, oh, one video is making me $30 a month now, right? If I can just create a hundred Lumpia videos, right, that are going to perform the same, then that what's like a hundred times 30, like a million dollars, right? So <laughs> if I can just, dude, if I can make rent in YouTube money, I would be so happy, right? So all I got to do is scale it. So then I went hard on the YouTube thing, making a ton more videos on I just don't know which direction. I still don't know which direction I want to go with like my YouTube channel, but I was like, Oh, the cooking one seemed to be doing pretty good. But I also, um, am pretty big on like single use plastic and trying to educate people on ways that they can, you know, live single use plastic free. And there's all kinds of ways that we live like a super hippie life at our house. I was like, Oh, let me just share like easy ways that we do it. Uh, cause sometimes people think they need to go a hundred percent, like full hippie. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you can just do like quarter hippie with these certain things. Right. And this is how we do it. And, um, it's like, Oh, maybe I can share with that too too. That's like helping people, helping the world, whatever. And anyways, um, I went a little bit harder on it and then I got to a thousand subscribers where I could start monetizing. And then now that started bringing in, uh, like 250 bucks a month. And I'm not, and that's from like three videos. Um, I I posted a bunch of videos, but none of them are doing good except for like my lumpia video and like this chicken video and the sous vide egg video. Right. But it just made me realize this could actually work if I can make content that people are searching for now or people are like actively looking for then Mm -hmm. i could probably do this now i just need to scale that so um this year i decided to like double down i set a goal like i'm gonna do you know 24 videos for my personal brand Hmm. and i'm gonna do 24 videos for my hawaii wedding network brand and i think my overall goal is to um create I think my real big one is going to be the Hawaii Wedding Network. That's going to really be the one that's going to be like searched for. It's helping people. It's helping brides that are trying to plan a wedding here in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. It's helping vendors. You know what I mean? So I've been, I've been working with a bunch of vendors here uh, on Oahu, um, giving educational content. You know what I mean? Things to consider when getting married in Hawaii. Um, you know how to pick a venue. Yep how to, you know, should you do an engagement shoot or not? You know what I mean? How to use music different. Um, I'm actually on the board with the Oahu Wedding Association and this year I'm actually their president. Wow. So I was able to kind of like work with the board to say, Hey, you know, we have these members. How about we do like a team up where my brand Hawaii Wedding Network works the OWA to promote the OWA's vendors with these, this type of content. And I think my overall goal with this channel is going to be to create a community where in this community, we can connect the couples with the vendors through this educational content. And then hopefully it helps the couples and then it helps the vendors book clients. Mm. And I think that's going to be like the real thing that I really try want to try and push this year. So even though like maybe eventually I'll move out of the wedding videography scene, but I'll still be in the wedding industry more as like a, 
I don't want to say like an authority, but you know what I mean? Like as a consultant. Yeah. Or, you know, just like a, a resource resource. Yep. You know what I mean? That I can connect these two people. So I think that's going to be my real big goal going into, I think the next couple of years. Um, I, I said, I'm going to give myself three more years on YouTube to like really see where it can go. Mm-hmm. And I think if I can get to the point where it's bringing in, cause there's so many ways you can make money on YouTube, right? It's not just the views, mm-hmm. but you know, you have your, um, affiliate marketing, but then you can also do like sponsored posts and Mm -hmm. you can sell products, you know? So hopefully I can eventually create my brand to where like, maybe we can sell, um, premium content, you know, like, um, maybe one video is like 10 things to consider when budgeting for a wedding. And then maybe like, if you sign up on our email or you can, you can log, you know, create a login for clients where you could buy the budgeting, like a uh, masterclass where we're working with a coordinator that's going to tell you exactly how to lay a budget out. There's downloadable PDFs and that's maybe a product that we could sell. Hmm. And then that can be like uh, the thing. And now we're, we're, I'm my own brand that's creating, you know, products that are selling. And again, it's like, a, you know, you're dealing with a, a new client every, you don't, it's not a repeat client, mm-hmm. you know, but if we're a resource for clients, they're always going to come here. And what I'm hoping is that we can be like that, one-stop shop to connect, you know, the, a community. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I, I like that it's still coming back to weddings um, because I know a lot of people who have started in the wedding industry and just kind of divorced themselves from the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you get so kind of sick of the thing that you just have to step away from it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, weddings are an amazingly powerful day for the bride, the groom, the, the family, the, the people who are involved with it. And being a part of it is always super special. Here's the thing about like wedding vendors in the wedding industry. They don't do it. I mean, they do it to make money, but they're not doing it to get rich. Yeah. They do it because they genuinely love what they do. Yep. And they want to help these couples the best they can for their special day. You know, like these vendors that are out there, they hustle. Mm-hmm. They're working hard. I think like coordinators, DJs, florists, videographers, they work so hard and they don't get paid that much. You know what I mean? For how much time they put into these things, they're really doing it because they genuinely love what they do. Sure. And if I can find a way that I can get them more work or more, if I can connect them with clients that are better educated to make their job easier, it's almost like a triple win, right? Like Mm. these clients are now connecting, I'm connecting them with clients who have a better idea of what they want because of like the, the content that they're sharing, that's education, that's educating these couples, you know? And I think that would be the big win for me is like, I'm helping the industry that brought, that got me to where I am today. If I wouldn't have nothing, if it wasn't for the Hawaii wedding industry and the people in it. And if there's any way that I can give back, I would want to be able to do that with like this resource that I'm trying to create. Mm. Very cool. Um, so we've, we've got wedding industry things as a production company. We've got resource things. We've got YouTube things going on. Um, what else, what else is going on in the life of Philip? I know you're also getting back in the skates, relating yeah. a lot. I think, uh, reliving your childhood turning 35, I, I don't know. There's such a shift this year too, just with like family. You know what I mean? And like that sort of thing. Like my priorities definitely changed a lot. And, um, I think, 
I forget who said it, but I think it was even like an office quote from like Andy where he was like, I wish you knew you were in the good old days when you were like in the good old days or something like mm. that. And then it made me think like, man, like that time that I was like booming in my business, they were like kind of the good old days because I was definitely partying and living it up. But I didn't realize it was, you know, I was just like kind of drowning in work too. And then it made me think like, you know what? Like I should live my life now. I should make these the good old days. And it is the good old day. And know that when I look back, like I lived it up. You know what I mean? Mm. So I, I, I switched it up in a sense too where, well, if I want to live the way I do, I, I need to, you know, I want to get back in shape. You know what I mean? I want to be healthy and I want to um, do the things that I love. I got back into rollerblading and I realized I couldn't like throw my weight like I used to. And I was like, oh, well, I need to get in shape to do that. And, um, you know, just getting out of the house more um, and really just trying to be more intent or like have more intent with my time. Like I said, I only have so much time in a day. So if I'm going to do something, it's, it's going to have to align with where I want. And, um, so my family is like another one of my priorities this year, just trying to build a close relationship with my family, my fiance's family as well, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, that's kind of like the top things for me right now is just doing what I love, helping people. And then, um, living like the best life I could, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It sounds kind of lame, but <laughs> yeah. And you know it. I know that you operate business-wise almost like a one-man band, but there's a lot of support behind you: family, friends, fiance. Tell me a little bit about them and how they get you through some of these tough times too. Dude, straight up, my mom, number one investor. I don't know how many times like she's bailed me out with business. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't be here if I wasn't for her. She was a number one support. Um, my family too, just like encouraging me like, wow, this looks great. Sharing my stuff, doing whatever, you know what I mean? Um, even just like my friends, there's so much, it, it's crazy. Like the algorithm and how it works. Like you post a video, you need to get as much engagement as you can as quickly as possible. So YouTube thinks like this video's hot. Let's mm. keep, let's promote it. Right. So just my friends on Facebook and Instagram, like every time they like a video, they comment, they share, it helps. Like it yeah. really does. And like, everyone that's been online like helping me with that they're just so supportive even though it's just dumb stuff like just sharing these videos commenting whatever like it's such a huge help like more than they realize um my fiance gosh she's like Kristen, geez she's my boss like straight up like she's my studio manager mm -hmm. she is the most organized woman in this world and she really like I'm very unprofessional <laughs> and she is so like, she's a CPA, you know what I mean? She's like very by the book. She's good at like read, like communicating very eloquently. She's helped so much with that, but not only that, but on my personal side too, like she knows when I'm stressing out and she'll see like, Hey, is, what's going on? How can I help you? Is there anything that I can do? You know what I mean? So she's been very supportive, um, with business and with like my personal life, you know? And, um, I'm so thankful for her. And then not only that, but you know, just other people in this industry, uh, people like you, I can reach out to you and say, Hey, like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, how can, you know what I mean? Like so helpful. And that's why I think it's great what you're doing right here now. You know, it's like these little things that we're doing, that you're doing. It's like, there's all these little nuggets here and there that it's going to help someone, you know? And mm -hmm. I think that's like the overall bigger picture for all of this. It's like creating stuff that's helping people, you know, yeah. um, Colby, uh, huge help to my business success. Um, whenever they're booked, she's always sending me referrals. You know, I really look up to her, uh, Andrew, God, I, I hate Andrew. Like he's <laughs> crazy. The man dude, like yeah. Andrew, 
I'm jealous of that guy. Andrew Tran is is a talented young man. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna queue up like a yeah. a little thing that'll pop down for like Andrew <laughs> right here, his own little podcast channel or whatever. But he's in, he's like motivating. Like he's killing it. Um, mm-hmm. He's the one that makes me really want to like make some cool stuff. Um, yeah, there's just so many people out there to name that you know have really supported me, and I really appreciate everyone that's just done anything for me hmm. it's really been great very blessed yeah and your mom even has a, a oh youtube channel of her own <laughs> i don't want to plug that channel though because i haven't watched all her videos there might be some very inappropriate <laughs> things on there but like yeah my mom has a youtube channel and she's getting like twenty thousand views a day at one point and she wasn't able to monetize at that point though. I was like, dude, if you can monetize, mm-hmm. you make it more money than me. And she didn't, she never once asked me for help. Hmm. She was just like, Hey, you know, I got a YouTube channel too. And I was like, okay, cool. Thank That's cool. Mom. Like, great. Anyways. And then one day she was like, Oh, I'm almost at a thousand subscribers. I was like, what? And I checked it out and I was like, dude, she has like a hundred videos on there. Um, shot on her iPhone. She learned how to shoot, edit everything from YouTube. How to make her own thumbnails, everything. She learned everything from YouTube. And that just shows if she can make it on YouTube, anyone can make it on YouTube. You know, you just have to do the work. Yeah. And and that's that's so refreshing to hear. Um, because I, we forget that our parents' generation were entrepreneurs and we're creative and we're passionate people as, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just seeing your mom embrace this digital world. Mm-hmm not even trying to like make money or you know not mm-hmm. even trying to do anything special but just going out there having fun mm-hmm. sharing her life and sharing her food mm-hmm. with people that's that's amazing yeah and i think that's the thing too it's like just do some if you can figure out so you can do something that you love and it's about that or about helping people it's not about the money yep. then that's all that matters you know what i mean and it'll come you know what yeah. i mean it'll all work its way out so she's doing it <laughs> she is doing, she's doing it better than me dude. man what the hell? I'm, I'm jealous of her yeah <laughs> dude seriously yeah yeah when you were talking about supports i really wanted to think like my rollerblade friends the aloha blade crew mm-hmm. i don't have friends <laughs> you know what i mean like it's weird being a business owner you don't go to work and you don't have co-workers you know as you grow up you got your high school friends you got your college friends mm-hmm. then you go to work and then you get your work friends right i work from home i don't talk to anyone i don't have any friends and then that was like one of the big things that like my rollerblade friends really like gave me another sense of like time and how you spend it and like i didn't realize it but like i was like i don't say lonely but you know what i mean like i didn't have that i didn't have that element in my life like my own community you know what i mean and like joining in with these people and like just skating and seeing them every week it's like having like solid people that you can depend on that are like pushing you and like supporting you and whether it's rollerblading or it's like my business or all that they're always pushing me and promoting me so like um that's one person that that's one group of people that like has been uh, of solid rock in my life um next to my girlfriend (laughs) fiance the f word yeah and i don't even think you realize that that's what's going on when when you're skateboarding or or when you're blading you're just like dude the first time you try to do a kickflip, you're like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think I can do this, but I'm just going to try and flip the board and see mm-hmm. what happens. Mm-hmm. And then eventually like, oh, I was pretty close on that one. I'm going to keep going. Yeah. And then eventually like, yeah, I think I can land this trick. Mm-hmm. 
and then you start doing rails and going, you know, going nuts. But mm. it definitely has, it's not just an optimism. It's more than that because you have to, in, in order for you to stick a landing, you got to put your feet over the board. Yeah. And, you gotta, and be risking breaking your arm. You got to commit. Yeah. And go you for it. You can't just like flip it and then be like, Ugh, you yeah. know what I mean? Like just touch your feet out. You got to like, yeah. I know the board's going to be there when I put my feet down. Yep. You know what I mean? So you really got to like jump yep. and like believe that yeah. it's going to be there, you know? And the worst is when you go up half-hearted and you, you kind of fake it and then you try to bail and then you're like, oh man. And then you slip. Yeah because that that commitment wasn't there yeah and at least though on a skateboard you can bail on rollerblades yeah, yeah. or strapped to your feet like you fall yeah. like you're screwed you know that's why we all wear wrist guards and it looks so lame but like because you always have to catch yourself yeah and that's why like your wrists start to really go out mm. and um yeah so that's why we're all that's the thing like 35 i'm all padded up i'm like damn near wearing football <laughs> pads like underneath my <laughs> underneath my clothes don't worry you look sexy <laughs> yeah. very cool yeah um what are some of the resources i know that you had a laundry list of books that you've gone through over the last couple mm -hmm. of years but maybe maybe give us a few that have really helped change your perspective and shifted you into the next gear i think my number one resource is audible yeah audiobooks um i um, aside from I can't spell, I can't read. I mean, I can read, but you know what I mean? Like I'll read something and yeah, I can't yeah. like focus on it. Yeah. But, uh, and it's also hard to find time to just sit down and open a book and read. But I used to live in Milani and I had to drive to town a bunch and I could put an audiobook on. I can sit one hour of traffic and I can absorb so much content. So audible, um, audiobooks are like the number one thing that really accelerated my business, um, and my self-development. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, there's a ton of great books out there. I think anyone that's going to start their business, I think E-Myth yeah. is the first book you should read. Just understanding like where you stand in a business and, and what really takes to like run a business. I wish I read that as my first book. Uh, the Compound Effect is another great book. Um, any financial books from Dave Ramsey, Understanding Money and Business and all that, I think those are uh, really good books. Anything Tony Robbins. Um, and then I discovered Gary Vee. And I hate that guy. Like, I hated him. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Like, so, you know, you see him on your Instagram uh, feed and you're not even following him. He just shows up. Yeah. And he's just him yelling and cussing. And then I was like, you know what? Let me just, I bought his Crushing It book mm -hmm. and I listened to that thing like five times. And yeah. every time, like, there's just so much solid information aside from like his little stories. He'll go on off these little tangents. Let's say you're 28 and yeah. you uh, yeah. work for this clothing store and you start like posting their videos. And then you say, hey, let's throw a fashion show and you invite the top 20. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like, dude, like, you start taking notes. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you pull over the car and you start taking notes. I'm like, this, I should do this. This is exactly what I should do. And um, yeah, his stories are crazy. Like, his story is my mom's story you're you're 64 you're retired and you love dancing with your husband and like so you start filming salsa lessons yeah. and you know what i mean and now you have a youtube channel blah blah blah. right that's what my mom did with her cooking you know and i think i ref i recommended you the book yeah. didn't i yeah i was like dude you have to read this book yeah. like it's I, I hate gary Vee, but like dude he knows his stuff and yeah that book uh is another one that I think will just get you fired up to mm -hmm. like just it almost too fired up. Yeah, because <laughs> it's it's all success stories from the little tips of his original book, Crush It, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. and and all of these guys and girls that are featured in that book are 
crushing in I so think, many ways. I think um, what's great about the audiobook too is he goes off on a little tangent. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he he'll read you the book, and then he'll be like, "Oh, side note, off the record, mm-hmm. you should definitely keep doing this." Blah 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 stuff that you know you don't. So that's another benefit of like Audible. Yeah. I think is great. And and what I love about it is that he's not. It's it's not a monotone book because it's not read by an author. Mm-hmm. It's read by the people who are actually crushing it you know it's it's their own intonation and inflection and even even in the audiobook space mm-hmm. it's innovating how you create an audiobook yeah. and make it more experiential and, and interesting for sure um so yeah that, that dude is ridiculously wise yeah. um for somebody who's just not book smart yeah for sure and and <laughs> that is something that I always take away, dude is not smart in a conventional sense mm-hmm. of education and degrees, but dude has all kinds of smarts uh, when it comes to just street skills and biz savvy um, and just operational experience. It's far from traditional. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like you can, and what, what I think is great about that, it, it's just so true. You know, you, you see all these success stories, you see all these people that are doing it and they're just regular people. You yep. know what I mean? That, that some people are like have millions of subscribers on YouTube. They shoot all their stuff on their phone. They have five videos. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just, what are you making and how is it getting searched or looked, you know? So anything's possible, you know, especially now, like you really have no excuse on like why you're not doing anything. Like if you don't know how to do it, there's a YouTube video on how to do it. When a client ever asks me like, Hey, can you do this special video thing? I'd be like, Oh yeah, I'm sure I can. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I can do it. It's like, I never, I don't know, but I'm sure there's a YouTube tutorial on how to like do a green screen of someone explosion. I don't know. (laughs) Explosion. (laughs) We should do a like explosion graphics going on. (sighs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's a great place to end um, because it's, it is true. Like dude, now is a better time than any in history to go out there, crush it, um, fulfill your own dreams and the internet, YouTube, Facebook. I mean, there are just so many opportunities out there to start whatever you want and go and crush it. Yeah, definitely. I just think, you know, to end it too, it's like you really can do anything you want. You just have to honestly believe that you can do it and then just do it. Yeah. And that's it. Yep. Put in the work go for it so for our friends that want to know a lot more about you because i'm sure there's going to be a lot of questions after this podcast tell us where we can find more about philip got it so i post most of my stuff on instagram it's just gonna be my name uh philip underscore lemoyne and um that's philip with one l and then last name l-e-m-o-i-n-e and then also uh you can see my videos on youtube uh, youtube.com uh, slash Philip Lemoyne. Um, and then also what I'm really hoping is going to blow up this year is my Hawaii wedding network. So if you know anyone that's engaged, uh, definitely go check out, uh, at Hawaii wedding network or Hawaii wedding network.com. And for any of my wedding stuff, uh, it's Supreme wedding or Supreme weddings on Instagram. Perfect. We'll make sure to link all of that stuff down below for everybody. So you don't have to stop and type and do all that stuff especially if you're in your car right now awesome having you philip thanks so much for being here Um, thank you you got to cut out that crying part though (laughs) there's no way that's getting cut out that that's in there dude we're gonna add some fake tears all kinds of streams of tears (laughs) coming down um 
Any, any last words of wisdom from you? Uh, no, just thank you so much for having me. Um, I really appreciate you having me on here. It's definitely an honor, and I think uh, what you're doing is great. Just uh, keep it up. Keep crushing it. Of course, brother. You inspire me. Well, have a good one. Thank you, brother. Yeah, yeah.